0: Hey everyone, welcome to MidCurrent Church Online. My name is Stan and I am the pastor here and we are in the sixth week of a teaching series that we have called Back to Normal. You see, at this point in the summer, uh, and and really at this point in 2020 actually, I think it is becoming more and more common uh, for each of us to be wishing that life just got back to normal normal, right? The news is always bad. Our country and our communities and our churches are divided. We all have big decisions to make regarding what school looks like for our kids and and what life is going to look like for us in the coming year. And frankly, uh, it's exhausting. I mean, it really is exhausting. And so if you're stressed or anxious or nervous, um, I've got some good news for you. You are not alone. Okay, these are crazy times that we are living in, and it's the combination of all of this that leaves so many of us wishing for life to go back to normal. If that's you, uh, I totally get it, right? There's so much about life the way we once knew it that is really, really appealing. Right now. But this whole series was born out of a simple thought, a simple question in my head. That question was this What if all of this, okay? What if this crazy summer, what if this crazy year was actually giving us a chance to reevaluate what normal really was in our life? What if it was giving us the chance to reevaluate to how normal was really working for us? because I don't know if it really is. See, we've talked about what is normal when it comes to how we evaluate our lives, how we uh, spend our time and how we spend our money and how we think about money, right? In a lot of ways, it's normal for us to be broke, right? We we, we talked about what's normal when it comes to how we do or or don't invite others to to experience what it is that we have experienced or what it is that we have discovered at church or in faith. We talked about what's normal for how we we engage the the next generation in matters of faith and how it's oftentimes normal uh, for people to just graduate from church when they graduate high school. You see, and my hope for, for each one of these is, is that we would just maybe catch a glimpse of something uh, so much more. My hope is that we would catch a glimpse of something so much more and something so much better than, than what it is that we see happening all around us. And so today, I want to talk about something that has become so normal that we hardly even notice it anymore. I mean, it's like a fish who hardly even recognizes the water that it's swimming in. I don't even think we notice any longer this one activity that is everywhere today. And it's an activity that all takes place right here on this little device right cell phones and and social media and in constant connectivity and constant conversation it is the norm today it's everywhere all the time in, in fact if this isn't the case for you that your whole life is lived out right here uh, people start to think like something's wrong with you right you ever been with a group of friends uh, when everyone finds out uh, that that someone from the group doesn't have facebook and everyone's in shock they're like what you don't have facebook like what's that like i mean how do you even know anything about anything in the world today right it's some 21st century social faux pas right it's just assumed or expected that everyone's life would be lived out all right here online. See it everywhere, right? Whole families out to dinner together, no one talking, everyone texting. But my favorites are the people sitting by themselves taking selfies. Now let me be clear. I am not against. I'm not against taking selfies, right? Sometimes you just need to stop and, and snap a quick selfie. We've all done it. I do. But just to be clear, if I am gonna take a selfie, I'm very discreet about it, right? You you start with the two-hand, you know, like your text messaging, and then you kind of transition up to one hand, then you take a quick look around, and when the coast is clear. Boom, go for it, right? All you get is 15 seconds, though, right? If it's looking like it's going to require more than 15 seconds, I call the whole mission off, right? 15 seconds is all you get. And so I'm always amazed when I see people sitting by themselves in public just working, Working it for the perfect selfie. Erica and I—I I kid you not—we were out last month, and the gal at the table behind us was all alone, and she was literally posing and repositioning and retaking selfies, uh, you know, for what seemed like a good five or ten minutes. And maybe she's got a lot more self-confidence than me, which is probably a good thing. But my insides are screaming. Do you realize everyone is watching you awkwardly take a photo? Everyone is watching you awkwardly pose all by yourself. Okay? Maybe they realize it, maybe they don't, maybe they don't care, but either way, they are lost in the world uh, that is the World Wide Web, all right at their fingertips. Now, you may think I'm being a little harsh, and, and, and I don't know, maybe you're right, but my guess is that you feel that way because cell phones and selfies and social media today, it's also very what? normal. It's totally normal. And so what I want to do today is take this just a little step further. I want to get a little more specific. I want to identify two things today that I am seeing become so normal regarding cell phones and social media, and I want to see if God's Word has anything to say to us about it. I want to see if God's word has, has anything to, to say to us about what has become so normal when it comes to these little things right here. Here's the first thing that I am seeing it's normal to be addicted it's totally normal uh, totally acceptable today to be addicted to your phone right in fact a 2019 harvard research project found uh, that 73% of people experience a mild moment of panic when they can't find their phone and this anxiety lasts until their phone is found Again, right? We have to have our phone on our person at all times. In fact, we do so much that some people—this has happened to me—I have to admit, right? Some people feel their phone vibrating in their pocket even when it's not there. Okay. Now, now brief moments of of panic and and the occasional you know phantom ring—it may not seem like a big deal. But now studies are beginning to link cell phone use with increased levels of anxiety and depression, poor sleep quality, and an increased risk of car injury or death. And because of the cell phone and the internet right at our fingertips, it's not as easy to leave the pressures of work at work, right? Now now we carry them right into our homes. We carry them right to our dinner table, right? Because of the cell phone, bullying isn't limited to the hallways of school from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. any longer. Bullying and and peer pressure for teenagers is 24-7, right? It doesn't stop. There is no escape today. Teenagers now carry the burden uh, of being in high school that used to exist only in the hallway at high school. They now carry that burden right into their bedroom even at 9 or 10, or 11 p.m. at night, or maybe even later, right? Because of the cell phone, we are now forced to carry the burden instantly of whatever is happening across the planet. All because of the connectivity we have with a cell phone, with social media. And I, for one, have to admit that at times, all of this is, is, is really overwhelming. Overwhelming. And if this really all is normal, might I suggest that maybe normal isn't working. Right? Maybe normal, when it, when it comes to these things right here, may, maybe normal isn't working. Now interestingly, I think many people are starting to agree with that. Right? This Harvard study reported that most people indicate that they want to stop or limit or dial back their cell phone and their social media use, but they can't seem to stop. And so the question is, why? Why can't they stop? Why can't we stop when we want to, when we want to dial it back? And the answer, whether we're aware of it or not, is because we have become addicted to one of the most addictive uh, drugs, or one of the most addictive drugs known to man. Okay, and it's not one that's sold over the counter. It's not one that's sold on street corners. But it's a chemical produced in our brain called dopamine. Okay, dopamine is released into our bodies whenever we experience something that feels good uh, or that is pleasurable. In fact, if you look up dopamine, it typically kind of refers to uh, three types of activities. It says when we take a bite of good food, dopamine is released, right? Same thing happens when we engage in in, in physical exercise or even when we engage in sexual activity, right? Dopamine is released into our bodies and our body says, that feels good. I like that. Right? Casinos are actually uh, playing off of this same idea, which is why slot machines use you know, flashing lights and, and exciting sounds to indicate that you just made $1.35 on the nickel slot machines. Right? The exciting sounds and the flashy lights release dopamine into your body, and your body says, I like that. And your body wants to feel that rush of excitement again. Okay, And now the studies show that the same thing happens. When, when text messages and, and the notifications from Facebook and Instagram on our phones go, ding. okay. This Harvard study that I referenced says that platforms like Facebook and Snapchat uh, and Instagram, right, they rely on the same neural circuitry that slot machines and, and even cocaine. They, they rely on the same circuitry in our brains that slot machines and cocaine rely on to keep us coming back and coming back. coming back for more right every ding every comment every heart every like every thumbs up every emoji response to our post feels good so our body releases dopamine and leaves us craving leaves us, us craving that feeling again because here is what our brain is saying to us every time and i can't deny the fact that you like me right now you like me Now, my generation may be the last generation who even knows who that was or or what that was, Uh, but my guess is all of us can relate, right? Friends, we got to be honest. The approval of our friends and our peers, it feels good, right? Likes and and comments and hearts and, and text message affirmation, it feels good. So good that we have become addicted to that feeling and addicted to that thing, but the truth is, right, that feeling is a feeling that doesn't last. Like any drug, it's a quick fix that always leaves us wanting more and yet never really satisfies. And so that's why we check our phones every 5 minutes. That's why we wake up in a panic at 1:30 in the morning all to find out did they like my post? Do they like me? And friends, here's what I want you to know today. God doesn't want you to live like that. And so, so I want you to know and to believe and to embrace what Paul, right? The, the great church leader Paul was so confident in when his life came under attack. Look at what he says in Galatians 1 chapter 10. He says this, obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing God, uh, he says, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Let me read it again. He says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So here's what's happening in this moment here, right? People are calling Paul out because up until that point in time, people gained God's acceptance by following a very detailed set of laws, right? A bunch of religious boxes uh, that, that, that had to be checked, okay? And, and then God shows up in Paul's life, sending him a very clear message that acceptance by God was a result of God's grace through faith in Jesus, okay? Not by all the religious box checking, and so that's the message that Paul started preaching. It's not about what you do; it's about what Jesus has done for you. And as crazy as it sounds, that message wasn't received that well. Right? People had built a whole life, right? And people had established a real authority all on the religious box checking, right? And those people said, "Hey, no, Paul's teaching is cheap. It's it's fake. It's kind of a half baked." gospel. And so Paul is defending himself in a way, saying, hey, I'm not trying to gain the approval of men, but of God, right? He's saying, I don't need man to confirm what God has already conveyed. What, What Paul knew to be true didn't require the approval of anyone else. And friends, the same can be said of you and me. What God has conveyed to us it does not need to be confirmed by man. It does not need to be confirmed or approved or, uh, approved or validated by anyone else. Okay? And here's one of the many truths that, 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 that God has conveyed and communicated to us. It's in 1 John 3, uh, verse 1 that says, See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. Right? God loves us so much that he calls us his own. Right? He loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. Okay? That's what God has conveyed to us and communicated to us over and over again. And it does not need to be confirmed by anyone else. We're not living for the approval of people, but of God. And so here's what I want you to remember today. God's like is the only one worth living for. It's the only one that lasts. It's the only one that's guaranteed, and it's the only one that really matters. So rather than evaluating every moment in life through this lens that asks, what would my friends think of this moment? What reaction would would my friends give in this moment here? I want to encourage us to evaluate every moment of our life by asking, what reaction would God give in this moment? And everything we do, and everything that we say, Let's ask ourselves the question, what reaction would God give in this moment? Because God's like is the only one worth living for. We're not living for the approval of people, but of God. right? And you can say that God's approval isn't what you're living for, and that's fine. right? You're free to do that, but I think you're setting yourself up. To be driven by the approval of others, which based on neurological studies always leaves you feeling empty and always coming back for more. Okay? It may be normal to be addicted, but I don't think that normal is what God had in mind. Right? God doesn't want us to be living like that. Okay. Here, here's the second uh, thing that I see uh, in regard to, to, to cell phones and, and social media. Okay? And I say this with, with the utmost uh, desire that, that God would simply uh, inspire us to be something different. Okay? Here's number two. It's normal to be a jerk. Okay? It is becoming totally normal and acceptable for us to say things online to other people that we would never say to their face. Right? We, we treat people in comment threads in a way that we would never treat them if we were in a conversation with them in person, face to face. I can't tell you how many good, honest, God-loving, Jesus-following people I know that conduct themselves online. Right at the safety of their keyboard in the most unkind, the most unloving way. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm a part of some private Facebook groups for pastors. And the conversation is so discouraging. I mean, it's almost embarrassing. Right there's there's a Facebook group of pastors of which I am most closely associated with here at Midcurrent. And just last uh, last month, I left the group. I mean, I, 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 could, I couldn't stomach any longer uh, the, the immature, the inconsiderate levels of conversation uh, the, the, that was taking place. And folks, this is everywhere, okay? And, and, and here's the real problem, I, I think, right? Here's what should get our attention, right? It's not helpful to the mission at all. It's not helpful to the mission that Jesus sent us on to be a witness to the world. Okay? Now, now, now let me be clear about something here. You, you have the right to think what you want, and you have the right to, to say what you want. I, I, I'm, I'm all about your right to, to, to speak your mind and, and to do it boldly. But here's what I want to suggest to you today. Just because you have the right to do it, it doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do, right? Just because you have the right to do something, it doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do, right? In fact, here's what the Apostle Paul had to say about his rights, what he was free to do, all in relation to his desire to help people come to faith in Jesus. It's 1 Corinthians 9 from the message. He says this, Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, right? He said, I'm free to do what I want. I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralists, loose living, immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. He says, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world. And I tried to experience things from their point of view. He says, I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempt to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. Right? Paul is willing to give up his rights so that some might come to faith in Jesus. Right? Just because you have the right to do something, it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And let me just be clear and say this again. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have strong opinions and beliefs about things. I do. I'm not saying that you shouldn't stand up for what you think is right. You should. But I hope that you can speak what you believe to be true with a whole lot of love and a whole lot of grace. I hope you can speak what you believe to be true with a whole lot of love and a whole lot of grace. Otherwise... I think you're just making a whole lot of noise that no one, other than people that may agree with you, that no one pays any attention to. And Paul actually talks about that kind of noise later on in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 to 3. Here's what he says. He says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Friends, we, we absolutely, we, we have the right to, to think what we want, to do what we want. We have the right to say what we want when we want to say it, where we want to say it. I just hope the next time that, that we, we say it or, or type it or text it or post it, I hope we'd think to ourselves, what would my unbelieving neighbors What would my unbelieving coworker or my uncle or my brother-in-law, what would my unbelieving parents or what would the unbelieving parents of my kids' classmates think of me and the Jesus I follow if I present myself this way in this conversation? See, Jesus gave up his life, not so that all who believed in him could behave any way they wanted, Right? Jesus gave up his life so that all who believed in him would not perish. But have eternal life with him. Midcurrent, in everything that we say and do, we have the privilege and we have the opportunity to invite more people we know into a relationship with Jesus who gave his life so that we could have life and have it to the full. And I don't want anything. I don't want anything to compromise the invitations that that we extend. I don't want anything to compromise the example that we might set. And whether we like it or not, or whether we intended it or not, I think in today's world, a big part of the example that we set is online. It's all right here. Part of the way that we set ourselves apart is by modeling something Different when it comes to these little devices right here. See, it may be normal to be addicted to the, to the approval and to, to the validation of people in our lives, but I'm hoping that, that from this day forward, God's like would be the only one we are living for. And it might be normal. It might be acceptable to be a jerk online today in order to exercise our right to speak our mind, but I hope that we would never forget that just because we have the right to do something, it doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. So let's not worry so much about being normal because I'm not sure that normal is really working for us anyway. Let me pray. God I, I pause right now and I just acknowledge the fact that, that the technology and it's not a bad thing God. I mean, in fact we give you thanks for uh, for the creativity and the and the innovation that you have placed inside of us. Right, it, that you've placed inside of uh, people, that has led to some of the most amazing technological advancements, God. Right? it's, it's because of, of technology and in the internet and in social media, God, that uh, you know millions of Christians all across the world have been connected to uh, you, you know faith communities because of church online, God. It's because of uh, you know t- technology and social media and apps, God, that that so many people, millions of people all across the world, have downloaded free Bible apps, so that they have your word, right, in their language, right at their fingertips, accessible to them when they need it and when they want it. God, there are some amazing things that are happening because of cell phones and social media and all the rest. And and honestly, God, we give you thanks for that and for the tool that it can be in our lives. But God, we also recognize the damage that can be done. And we recognize that it can be so easy for our focus to turn towards what other people think. And it can be so easy for our focus to turn to to these devices being a place where we just get to act in ways that, man, we we might not act anywhere else in our life. And so, God, all I'm hoping to do today is is get all of us to, to look within ourselves, to find the places where normal might not be for us. God, if there are steps that we want to take, I pray that you would give us the the, the wisdom and give us the courage and give us the boldness to take them so that we might uh, blaze a different trail, God. So we might set a different example and that we might help so many people come to see you and come to faith in you. God, we give you thanks most of all today for your son, Jesus Christ, and for the life that we have, life to the full, the life that we have in him. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Hey, well, thanks uh, so much for joining us today. I hope you have uh, a great week, and I hope to see you back uh, here at midcurrent.online.church next week for another week in our series, Back to Normal. We'll see you then.